0: Hello and welcome to another special episode of Boundary of Disaster, the motorsport podcast. I'm Matthew Willis, and for the second year I attended Coniston Powerboat Records Week. This event has been described as the Bonneville of Water for its similarity to the legendary speed record event held annually on the blistering Nevada Salt. Coniston Records Week is the only full week event in the world where powerboat drivers can pit themselves, their boats and their teams against the clock for two runs on the measured kilometre and if everything goes right to add their names to the record books where they will remain for all time. It doesn't matter if someone breaks your record minutes later, your record is in the record. And it's not just about absolute speed records, important though those are. They are also extremely rare, with the current absolute record of 317.59 miles per hour standing since 1978. No, there are a range of national and world records for just about every class of powered watercraft you can imagine. Offshore powerboats, rub gunnels with tiny junior racing monohulls, and screaming hydroplanes share water with jet skis and aqua bikes. In 2023, the age of the competitors ranged from 9 to 67. The records they established, or broke, ranged from 38 to 109 miles per hour. It's a fascinating event, different every year, with the weather and the competitors making for great variation but never less than enthralling competition. I renewed acquaintance with a number of people who had competed in 2022, this time working in support of the event and all the other competitors, notably Oben Duncan and Thomas Mantrip, young powerboat racers who didn't have a boat to race this time but through their efforts into helping everyone else, and you can hear my interviews with them in last year's episode. One of the competitors from 2022 who did have a boat and was back this year was 19-year-old George Elmore, racing for the Jelf team in the GT30 class, a tiny single-seat monohull like a V-shaped dart. I spoke to George and his arch-rival Ash Penfold, who've been fighting out in the class for three straight seasons, and whose friendly rivalry had followed them to Records Week. Just before we go into the interviews, a quick warning about the sound quality. All the interviews took place in the pits or by the shore, and there was lots of activity, so you'll hear boats and vehicles and people in the background, as well as the odd tannoy message. This certainly reflects the atmosphere of the event, and I wouldn't want to leave it out altogether. But so I hope it won't affect your enjoyment of the programme. So, let's go straight to George and Ash, who I spoke to on day one, in one of the many rain showers experienced through the week, and which you can also hear in the recording.
1: I'm George Elmore. I'm Ashley
0: Penfold, and I understand you are driving GT30 monohulls this year. Yes. Yes, yeah, Right. And you're both going for the same record this year, I understand. Yes,
1: we are. Yeah. Yes.
0: And that is? The
1: GT30 British and World.
0: Now, as I understand it, because of a weight change in the class, that's a completely new world and national record? Yes, I think it
1: was Frozen as there was a 50kg increase in a 20mm engine
0: drop. Right. And is that the class that you both race? Yes, we race that all the time. And you've both been racing in this year? All well, season, um, right. okay. yeah. All season, We've had some close battles. Close yeah. uh, we both went to the European Championships and and
2: uh, I went to Poland for the World Championships. But yeah, we've been pretty uh,
0: even, yeah. even. So you've been things. quite quite nip and tuck. Yes, yeah, good, good and, battles. Yeah. And you expect to be this week both going for the same records. So yes, Do you expect yes. it to be close?
1: Yes. I think it's going to be close. Yeah, it's all season and last season as well. We've been close in speed. So,
0: dare I ask which one of you finished ahead of the other? In uh... he beat me
1: this year. Right, I, he, he's got it two years running. Uh, okay, I beat him in 2021.
0: But but it was close all season. Yeah, Did...
1: Always first first or second. <laughs>
0: So it's your first time at Coniston Records Week. Ash, have you, have you done any record-type running before? Yeah,
2: no, I've done nothing like this before. Um, none of the family. The family have been racing since like 1985 oh. 84, like but no-one has ever come up here to oh, try wow. break a record. So yeah, I'm the first in the family. So, right, right. You no, know, it's different. It isn't, it isn't nothing like racing. So it's, it's mm. different
0: and, yeah. yeah, so how frustrating is it when you've got conditions that you can't quite run on but you're all ready to go and then as we see there's other people down at the jetty whose boats can run but they're having technical difficulties is that quite you know george in your experience is that just how things go
1: oh yeah i mean it's like this every year i mean like you get your boat read put your name in the stack hope you get called out first first thing in the morning then all of a sudden they turn around and say weather conditions are not suitable at one end of the course so it's just frustrating then you get obviously other people that well I'm planning on going first and then I'm getting pushed to the push to the front but then not ready. It's just frustrating watching when you're get ready to go and then can't nothing about it unfortunately, but it's just the way it is.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean the weather looks mixed for the rest of the week, so um, I mean what like tomorrow afternoon looked better, but I don't know about the wind, so you know, have you got an idea of when you might get out or is it literally just you wait for them to tell you?
2: So uh, tomorrow afternoon's looking no. Starting. this afternoon this, this afternoon. afternoon's is looking good better than it was yeah um, obviously like me being new here like, the water's flat you know um, race conditions were racing a lot worse but obviously it's not ideal it's um, not ideal for record um, record attempts but yeah we've been out in a lot worse and yeah they're not, they're not allowing it at the minute so but yeah. hopefully we get out um, this afternoon
0: Oh, good, good. Well, fingers crossed. Uh, so do you, uh, do you have a target speed in, in mind, or are you literally just going to take it as it comes?
2: Ideally, we're looking over 55 miles per hour. Uh, it'd, be, it'd be nice, but yes, we'll have
1: to see. We'll mm. see. About
0: mid-50s. mid-50s yeah. And how does that compare to the sort of speeds that you will do in the class during racing? So I imagine that will be somewhat I mean, less.
1: In a race situation, you've got a different prop and you've got a smaller prop in a race, therefore right. you get you accelerate quicker, so right. you get to your top speed quicker, which we usually run about 52, yeah. 51 mile an hour in a race. Okay. But if you put on a small prop here, you hit your top speed too quick, and right. it restricts you, so then it holds you back, whereas here you'd run a bigger prop to, the acceleration's a lot longer, but then you hold the top end for a lot longer as well.
0: Right. So is, I mean, is the boat quite sensitive at that sort of speed?
1: I mean, if you've if you've got it sitting right, you want it sort of sitting on the back end of it, to mm. give it a bit of lift. Right. I mean, if there's a bit of a if there's a bit of a gust, then obviously the boat will lift up a little bit, which is kind of nerve wracking. But as long as you're in some sort of control, it should be
0: fine. Okay. Okay. Um, so again, presumably that's one reason why you want it to be as calm as possible yeah. when you're at the high speed, because I mean, some of the boats I saw last year out on the course, um, particularly like the, the Thundercat, it looked sometimes very very much on the edge of going over yeah. um, and is there ever a risk of that in in the gc30s or is it is it less
1: yeah yeah I mean oh, it, yeah. It can, if you're not set up to conditions and there's one big mm. gust all it takes is one, right. one bit of wind and then it just sends you over backwards wow. so you've got, to, wow. you've got to be careful yeah. and they are capable of doing it
0: you're, yeah
2: you're pushing you're pushing your boat to the limit you know you want to go as quick as you can so yeah definitely you know. so
0: it really is on the edge of yeah yeah, yeah. something yeah. not quite going right yeah definitely. Have you? I mean, have you ever had an incident like that? Either of you? I,
1: I did. I did last year. Yes. I, I rolled. I rolled my boat. Oh wow. Yeah, and I, I yeah. went up a couple times as well, but I managed to save it. But
0: yeah. You are okay. You're I was okay.
1: Yeah, actually, <laughs> just bruised ego.
0: And how much is the the visibility an issue? I mean, it's, <laughs> it looks quite murky at the moment. Is that a problem when you're on the lake? You want to be able to see the far marker boy and know where you're heading
1: I mean yeah obviously it's a long distance to cover so visibility is going to be an issue but at the moment it doesn't look too bad it's just if the rain the rain picks up then it gets a bit more of a consistent downpour than right. you obviously won't be able to see but this this should this moderate range should be should be all right okay. to see better distance
0: does it feel like a long time on the over the kilometre from when you you hit the first march to the next one is it I mean, or is it like over in a flash
1: I mean last year was my my first year last year, and my first ever run was at night time as well. So it felt it was it wasn't that long, but it feels like forever because it's just you out there with your boat, just constant high revving. It feels like it goes on forever, but it's probably in total probably about eight to ten
0: minutes. But yeah. I mean, do you have any sort of expectations of, of what it will be like out on the course, or are you you really don't know what to expect?
2: No, I'm new. Uh, I'm new to this, but.
3: Gauge a little bit, you know, I
2: start straight in racing at sort of like 500, um, so mm. you got your time's that by a couple more and you've, you've sort of got the run, but yeah, I can expect uh, expecting it to be long, but um, mm.
4: that's
2: what it's all about, you know, come yeah. try new things and give it a go.
0: And just, I mean, how long do you expect to stay in, in the class? Um, are you looking to step up to one of the hydroplanes?
2: Um, I've, I've sold my boat, um, oh, right. uh, so I'll most probably be giving up the sport. Um, but we'll see. You know, we'll, we may move up. May, may move up. But yeah,
0: mm. may, uh, oh, so it might be going out on a blaze of glory this year then.
2: Yeah, this is like the last ride. And, uh, yeah, hopefully it goes okay.
0: Wow. Okay. And well. Best of luck, both of you. And if I can have a chat with you again later in the week, see how you got on. That'd be great. We just so. had
5: another check from all of the Marshall boats, and it's still a no-go for any of the monos, GT15s, GT30s, Formula Fours. Sorry.
0: Unfortunately, the lightweight boats such as those George and Ash were driving weren't able to get out on the water on day one due to high winds at the far end of the course. On day two, however, there was a window when conditions were less unfavourable, though still less than perfect for those boats which generally prefer flat water and as little wind as possible. One competitor who was itching to get out was nine-year-old Tate Mantrip, driver of a GT-15 boat similar to George and Ash's boats but with less power. If Tate succeeded, he would become the youngest person ever to set a record at Records Week.
6: I'm Tate Man Trip and I'm running for the GT15 British record and I'm only nine out on the water by myself looking for around 40 mile an hour and going go in as fast as I can until I reach the end and come back. Hopefully I can come home with the British record.
0: That'd be absolutely fantastic. And is it a new record, or um, is there an existing record that you have to beat?
6: So right now, there's no record for my class GT15. So when when I go out, I'll I'll be the first person out to actually do a record.
0: How much experience do you have with this boat?
6: Um, A couple of months. That's it. A couple of months,
0: and you're going for the record. And nine is, you said you're nine years old? Uh, you're not allowed to be any any younger than that and do this? No.
6: It was eight
0: and a half years old. Mm. Oh, they've changed it to nine?
6: because yeah. yeah. oh. people are joining in the middle of the season, so it would upset the championships.
0: Oh, I see. And are you hoping to race this boat next season? Yeah,
6: because, well, it would be silly to spend ten grand on a boat and then buy another one, <laughs> which might be even more.
0: <laughs> yeah, fair enough. And you say you're looking for about 40 miles an hour. How fast have you been so far, or do you not have a... Um,
6: I've had 40 out of it so far. You have, Hopefully right. you can get four, over 41, so that'll be good.
0: And, and I saw you went out on the boat and had a look at the course earlier. Yeah, is, is that all part of your preparation?
6: No, I was just a bit scared of how big the lake was, so just getting a feel of it. Now I know that the course is much much mm. smaller than I thought it was because it looked on the so we got given a um, big photo of it yeah so we're gonna go we're used so on there, it looked like it was the whole entire lake so I was getting really worried yeah and then when I went on it it was only like short so yeah it's better now good
0: now I know good. what I'm doing yeah oh well that's it and have you heard of Donald Campbell
6: yes he sadly died while coming back and flipped mmm and the whole front was destroyed. Yeah. So. Now it's rebuilt.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I mentioned him because he said that, basically, being brave is not not having any fear. It's experiencing the fear and then conquering it. Yeah. And it it looked like that was what you were going through this morning and going out on the course and now you know better. You know what you're facing yeah. and you can go out and do it again.
6: Exactly. It was exactly that.
0: Well, that's what it's all about. You've got a challenge, it's a challenge, it's not easy, or no one will do it.
6: And you've, when, once you've set a record, you've got to try and beat it to get a on Star. So once you've got a on Star and got the record, and then you'll get a other sticker to put on your boat.
0: How many stickers are you looking to get?
6: Um, two.
0: One step at a time? Yeah. <laughs> brilliant i just wish you all the best of luck for the rest of the week and if i can catch up with you after you've you've been out on the lake and had a go at the record that'd be brilliant best of luck Thank
6: you.
7: chris chris loney unfortunately we've had a timing blip
2: south but it was a good run so we will offer Helen helena back to back if she wants it didn't get that sorry A thumbs up or a thumbs down, or maybe you need to fuel. Yeah, no, you. so no
4: fuel, but you'll be able to do a (laughs) back-to-back.
2: Haven't got a speed, but they said it was a good one. That's all I can tell you. I'll find out.
0: By the end of day two, the records were coming thick and fast. I spoke to Helen Loney, driving an offshore powerboat, who was already on her third record of the week. Like a number of people who make up Records Week, Helen has a rich history in the sport, and with record breaking, with the establishment of Records Week event itself, going back to the early 1970s, and before that, to Donald Campbell and Bluebird. I'm here with Helen Loney, who's just set a new national record, and this is your third record of the week, I believe, isn't it? you pushed it up twice since yesterday.
8: Yeah, got a bit more out of it, I think. The average is somewhere around 75 point something now, which I'm quite pleased with. So yeah, good result. A, my boat's a 19 foot Phantom, so it's an offshore hull design. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a member of Windermere Boat Racing Club, so I do club racing throughout the year on Windermere, which is good fun. It's got a 2.5 Mercury racing engine on the back of it. Yeah, it's called Bolero, and, I, and I, my favourite colours are purple and yellow, so we painted
0: it purple and yellow. Yes, and it's very striking. Don't see many many other boats that colour, but... Uh, is it your husband's boat? Is was also those colours, yes, so... Um, yes, all
8: my fault. But colours that would, would stand out yeah. when you're out there, it can get a bit murky in the British weather, so colours that were different to the peoples as well, and yeah, that's
0: mm. good. Yeah, it does. And um, was the visibility an issue when you were out there? Because it has been a bit murky the last couple of days.
8: A little bit. This morning, the mist had come down a little bit, but not too bad. Again, I'm fairly used to it because I race on Windermere and mm. get fairly similar conditions there.
0: Um, so actually, how, how, how important is the local knowledge to to an event like this? Because obviously people, a lot of people coming from a long way away, and um, internationally in some cases, but... Is there a a bit of extra knowledge of the lakes that can give you a...
8: In terms of drivers, I think it does help if you're used to driving in rough water. Yeah. Sometimes we have had international drivers coming and maybe they race on large rivers or really large waters. They just don't get the same kind of wash and chop and British weather that we get. Mm, mm. But the beauty about my boat being a Phantom, because it is... An offshore hull. Mm. It's built for the rough weather, yeah. so it can take quite a bit of chop. Yeah. You just trim it in accordingly to the to the, you know, to the conditions, really. Yeah.
0: So, have you done much of this kind of records driving before? Okay.
8: In the past, uh, we built a prototype electric boat, and we actually set a world record in that one. The wow. unlimited electric. Oh, fantastic! Oh, quite a few years ago now, because yeah the first time we did it we actually used car batteries big heavy wow. batteries yeah and we got about oh i think we got 50 something mm. which was quite something really considering they were massive car batteries the weight yeah. that we had was incredible
0: well considering but, uh, the, the, the how the technology's moved on in the last sort of yeah Decade or two. Yeah,
8: the next one we used lithium iron back. But in the first one I did, we actually used the boat. It was called Anne and it was actually the Countess of Aaron, Fiona the Countess of Aaron. She actually had that boat built oh, right. to do the electric record. So right. it was an improvement it was on her record. Mm. Um what year did i do the electric record in Anne Two thousand
2: Five, which yeah. was the first yeah. year. That's and Ella was the
0: first person to get a world record on Coniston after Dolce Cabot. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. That's right, yes. yeah. Wow. Oh. Yeah,
2: the first person to get another world record on we Coniston we since Dolce
3: I mean it's been be plenty soup, since, but that was the
9: first yeah, one. Yeah, the first one, one since we came back to Coniston. Wow, yeah.
0: 59 his Coniston. His
2: was a uh, timeskeeper for...
9: What,
0: one, was one, was one of, one of Oh, really?
8: Was. Yeah.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah, we've got pictures of Helen's grandma and grandma Grandmother and Granddad yeah. stood next to Donald, talking, yeah. going over the boat, are not we yeah, on they video? Were good friends.
0: Yeah. My they were Good friends. Oh wow! So it's all that
2: tent that you see over the boat in the sixties. Yeah. Uh, our business put all that tent up.
8: Yeah, we've got a family construction family business. All oh, right. Helen, can you hear me?
5: Can I have a wave? Yeah.
8: So your
5: south run was seventy-five point four four miles an hour. Your north run was seventy-four point eight nine miles an hour, giving you an average of seventy-five point one seven miles an hour, which ups your national record. Can we get a scrutiny of two
8: boat? Well done. We built our own prototype boat and did the World Unlimited Electric again and we got that one up to about I think it was seventy-six point something. Oh wow. But it stood for quite a few years yeah, and yeah. then another guy. He got sponsorship from Jaguar and took it up to eighty-eight. Right. Fairly recently, though, the, like, maybe the last two years, he did that. Okay. So it did stand for quite a while.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. But
8: in the same, I think it was the same year. Was it two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight? I did a national record, which is the outright ladies. Oh yeah. In that right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I've got that one up to an average of 125.8 miles an hour, and I still have that record. Oh, okay. Um, and then I've done quite a few of the records in a 16-foot Phantom, this boat, yeah. um, and 19-foot Phantom. And I also borrowed one of our friend's boats, one of those Bonicos, and did a, a record in that. So I've had a few over the years.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um It'll be interesting to know how many. Do you, do you know how many records you've... You've it's taken in me. what classes? <laughs> it just all runs into one. on the internet,
8: somewhere. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, the fact that you are a, a, a woman driver, woman racer, there aren't many um, drivers this year. Is, is that sort of is that increasing? Do you think, or is that
8: sort
0: of, in general in the sport and in records? Well, week? I think
8: there's certainly not many lady drivers, which is a shame mm. because I think if ladies did give it a go they'd, they'd quite enjoy it yeah um, but i don't really think it's much to do with whether you're a lady or, or, a, or a gentleman it's more to do with your personality i think you just need to have a bit more of a go-getting kind of get out there mm. can do attitude really yeah well, it's not for everyone <laughs> no um, you do get bumped around and bruised and thrown all over the place, but there's a there's a boat for everyone. You yeah. have to. We, Windermere Motorboat Racing Club, we do handicap club racing, so you mm. can have a, a big variety of boat sizes with different engines on, all running at different speeds. Yeah, yeah. So that's quite an inclusive racing. Yeah, and it is an inclusive sport. It's open to anybody to give it a try. We have a yeah. boat at our club that we have put together just for people to have a go. Yeah, free. Oh, that's like it. oh,
0: that's amazing. Yeah, that's it's
8: a 16-foot phantom with a 90 Yamaha on, so it's only going around 50 miles an hour, yeah. which is a good, comfortable speed, and it just gives people the opportunity to try mm. racing. Yeah, um, and then the other thing we're looking at is we've got another friend who actually can make the 16-foot um, phantom hull. Right he could actually mould the hulls. Oh, wow. And trying to put packages together to make it more affordable for people to get into racing ah. as well. Now, just, there is ways to get into it. It yeah, doesn't yeah. have to be as expensive as you think. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's getting the participation at, at the grassroots level that yeah, just seems quite, to be the...
8: Quite, some clubs have junior racing and mm. there are quite a few young girls that mm. get involved in racing, so that's a good yeah. way for them to get coming through the ranks yeah
0: definitely um, and it's great sort of seeing people like you and seeing people like oban out here and setting records and
8: yeah exactly um, just the at yeah. the same
0: level as anyone else and but
8: if anybody who's nice listening to your podcast yeah. would be interested in having a go if they want to get in touch with Windermere Motorboat Racing yeah. Club. Next year we have four races on Windermere. We have a calendar, so you can see when the, the, you know, they're out there, the dates, mm. and they're welcome to come along. Get in touch with our club, and we can get you booked in onto the practice training yeah. boats and have a go.
0: Great, and we'll put all the details of that in the um, in the show notes and make sure encourage lots of people along.
8: So my, my grandad was a commodore of Windermere Motorboat Racing Club in the 60s, um, unfortunately he passed away before I actually started racing, he was about, I was about 14 when he passed away. Mm. He never actually knew that I could raced and done records. Oh, right. I obviously think he would be incredibly proud if yeah. he did. But my dad did race, he, he raced on Windermere, he's just stopped now, he's mm. tired for racing, but he raced a ski boat in the 70s. Oh, wow. Because they used to race ski, ski boats then. Yeah. And um, just this year I was asked, to become the rear Commodore of the boat club. So, oh, wow. The rear Commodore, next year I'll be the vice Commodore. And then in 2025, it's our centenary year for Windermere Motor Racing Excellent. Club, and I'll be Commodore. And you'll be
0: Commodore. Superb. So, oh, well, congratulations. So, us, uh, yeah, yeah. Chris
8: and I wanted to do it because my husband, Chris, were both passionate about racing and mm. we a lot about it, so we thought it'd be a great thing to do. Yeah,
0: so, superb. Come. Yeah, brilliant. Well, well done.
8: My grandfather's name was George Luthwaite. My okay. maiden name is Luthwaite. He raced, he Just raced abroad, he did the power, uh, Paris 6-hour on the Seine, he raced, oh, wow. he had a race boat, called yeah. Firefly, in fact we named my, the electric boat that we built, we named it after his boat, Firefly, oh, we still okay. got the electric boat and we've got a little smaller one, a hydrocat, mm. and if we do get sponsorship again in future years we'd like to come back and do the 48 volt world record and the 72 volt world record.
0: Right yeah excellent well i look forward to that and obviously the, the electric seems to be a real growth area so yeah and they've come uh, on a uh, long
8: way every year they get lighter yeah the, yeah the battery banks that you need so yeah that would be really that's great. the that's expensive a bit, so yeah just find some time to get some together because we've got we've got four children we've got a family construction business yeah. i'm a charter surveyor i work three days a oh, week wow. as well so it's all very, very busy Yes
0: time. Well, if we, if we can help in whatever small way, um, encourage that sponsorship along, then yeah. uh, then we'll do our best. But, nice. uh, well, best of luck. Thank you
8: very much.
0: As with all forms of motorsport, powerboat racing is beginning to confront the need for sustainability. In the last interview, Helen described the developing state of electric power in racing and record breaking, and indeed, an electric hydroplane was present during Records Week 2023, driven by Ted Walsh. Unfortunately, this boat failed to set a record, with a best run just over 80 mph being some way short of the national record of 88 mph and the world record set recently in the United States of a staggering 114 mph. Nevertheless, it was good to see an electric boat this year raising the likelihood that serious attempts on the record will follow. Rather more successful at Records Week 2023 was the team from Cox Marine, who were focusing on sustainable fuels. Its twin-turbo V8 outboard runs on HVO diesel, which is hydro-treated vegetable oil, and the team was back for a second year, both to showcase its technology and to push up its own world record in the diesel outboard class, if it could. In fact, despite only being present for two days and missing the best of the weather, driver Adam Brown took the revised boat to 67.95 miles per hour, up from 62.84 miles per hour and winning the prize for the biggest percentage increase in a circuit-class boat, an impressive 8% up from last year, which, considering it was set in the same boat with the same engine, is quite remarkable.
10: I'm James Eatwell. I'm technical director of Fox Power Truck. My
0: name's Adam Brown, and I'm the
1: driver.
10: What, what are the aims for this year's programme? Uh, well, I mean, the, the obvious one is to try and raise our, our world record, uh, which we successfully managed to do this morning. Took it up another two miles an hour this morning, which was great. Um, and that's the sort of the, the, the easy bit. I think a lot of uh, the reason for us coming here, as well as it being a sort of fantastic venue, and, and that is actually we've been able to really set out and prove the renewable fuels approach this year. Mm. Uh, so we've been sponsored by a company called Corriton, uh, and not only have they. Provided the uh, low-carbon fuel for the boat, they've also given us the low-carbon fuel for the truck to bring us up here as well. So oh, it's brilliant. an entirely low-carbon event for us. Mm. Um, mm. Really, um, the HVO fuel is sort of 90% reduced carbon. So it's been really good to come out here and prove that that actually makes. No difference to be able to come here and, and enjoy ourselves in the process.
0: Excellent, Adam. C- congratulations on the increasing your own record again this morning. Um, a few changes to the to the boat and the engine this year, I believe. Um, how's it? How's it handling out on the, on the course?
11: So <coughs> we've uh, removed quite a bit of weight from the boat, um, with different trim tab set up. Uh, so that's moved the balance of the boat yeah. further forward. Um, so we'll be running a little bit flatter down the lake, um, which has meant that we can adjust things such as uh, giving a bit more trim, on the motor to try and bring the the bow up a little bit Um, and uh, a couple of other things uh, just to help with the setup but in general um, last year we were experiencing um, a little bit of bouncing down the course, right. and this year the setup is very very good. No okay. bouncing at all. Um, and actually, on the second run, yeah, we established, uh, we, we raised the world record. Mm. Um, the setup was absolutely perfect. I, I didn't, but I could have taken my hands off the steering wheel. Oh wow! Um, okay. It was uh, just. Uh, Setting up right,
0: um, and is that is that getting close to the optimum? You think, or is there more to come?
11: It's difficult to say because there are so many variables. Um, we've got an electronic engine lift, so we can actually lift the height of the engine during the run. Oh wow!
0: Okay. We're not doing
11: that. We're, we're setting it before we yeah. run, uh, and then trying it at, at a set height. But, um, so that's a variable. We've got the engine trim, which is a variable. We've got the v- propellers, which is a variable. Mm-hmm. We've got weight distribution within the boat itself. We've got a fuel tank, which is sitting in front of me. It's in front of my feet. It's quite far forward, so if you put 40 litres of, of HVO in there, that mm. obviously uh, does change the balance. So I think um, it's difficult to just pin down one particular element. If we had all the time in the world and perfect mm. weather, obviously we would change things one by one. Yeah. Um, but what we're trying to do is use our best estimates to get a set-up as, as, as good as possible and then give it a try.
0: And in terms of the programme, this is a bit on the cutting edge, but, but there are hopes for commercial possibilities for the engine?
10: Yeah, well, I mean, the, the engine is still based off the, the production engine, so the production mm. 300, 300 horsepower engine. Um, if you go and look at it now, it's it's distinctly non-standard now, mm-hmm. uh, so we've we've effectively run direct exit exhaust, so normally you'd exit through the propeller, right. uh, but we're running directly out of the back of the cowl, um, which reduces the back pressure on the engine and hopefully releases a bit more performance. Mm. Uh, we've put some more changes in under the cowl as well, which is allowing us to release few more horsepower out of it at the moment it's all very much um the sort of the experimental phase but we're proving the concept so uh, it's certainly something where we can we can learn and we do learn a lot from coming here every time we do so yeah yeah it's a fantastic experience oh
0: good good to know and it does sound very different this year it's a proper v8 sound which is nice i imagine is an engine based on renewable technology it's it's kind of it has a very nice sound which is is a different experience obviously we saw the electric boat this morning which electric motors they sound like they sound it's a proper boat it's a proper power boat i Um, think
10: it's it's great we can come here and prove that i mean this is obviously this event has got a huge history coniston's got a huge history with it and it's great to see that we can find a way of continuing to do the things that people really enjoy doing mm. um, and actually do so in a, an environmentally sustainable way
0: and do you have any hopes of perhaps in future years coming with more of a hydroplane style boat just to sort of see if you can push that to the next level or certainly or wouldn't that... rule
10: it out um, we're, we're always sort of looking at options really obviously there's quite a lot of cost associated in doing these things of course, um, of course. but uh, if we if we can find a way of doing it then certainly we'll be we'll be looking to come back with something bigger better and hopefully faster um,
11: I think the it shouldn't be underestimated the importance uh, within the National Park of oh, yeah. being able to run a setup such as this, uh, breaking a world record using HVO with a 90% cost reduction in, in carbon. Um, the National Park has rightly committed to a net-zero target Um, and so we run here as guests of the national park and it's important to them and to us that we're able to support the delivery of net zero within a reasonable time frame Mm. so technologies such as this and our ability and the sport's ability to prove them um, is the single way that we're going to achieve net zero. So events such as this and the efforts that Cox are going to to, to prove this as a as a viable technology that can Establishing great world records within the National Park, I think is an incredibly important feature. Yeah,
0: Yeah, that is an excellent point actually, because I suppose the future of events like this being able to happen rests on their being able to develop sustainably. And, you know, we can't, with the best will in the world, we can't carry on as we are. And alternatives um, to the traditional fuels and propulsion. Has to be found, so uh, yeah, yeah, and, and so you, you guys are a big part it's of that.
11: events like this, and manufacturers and engineers such as COPS that provide the route to achieve that. And without this event, it becomes a lot harder yeah. to achieve those goals, if at all possible. So, I think it's fundamentally important
7: mm. that
11: mm. we are able to explore ways of of achieving these goals
3: in an
0: event such as this. Ash and George weren't the only drivers sparring over the same record. The two youngest competitors were having their own battle for the national GT15 speed record. After speaking to Tate Mantrip, who successfully established a new record on day two, I met Poppy Stewart with her father and mechanic Colin, who was hoping to up the benchmark set by Tate.
5: I'm Poppy Stewart.
12: I'm uh, Colin Stewart, I'm Poppy's dad.
0: Poppy, I was just hearing you're the British champion in the yeah. GT15 class. How, how long yeah. have you been racing powerboats?
5: Um, this is my second year. Second year. Okay.
0: Uh, sorry, how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, I'm 12. And what got you interested in powerboat racing?
5: Um, well, my dad races, so I always used to come down and watch him and help him out, and I wanted to
0: do it. And how are you finding it? I mean, um, you're obviously taking to it, if you're champion, yeah. but...
5: Uh, it's going really good, thanks.
0: And just describe to me the, the boat, the GT15 boat. How would you describe it? What kind of boat is it? How fast does it go? You know, how is it to race?
5: Well, um it's quite easy to race now that I've got um I've got these like modifications on the boat mm-hmm. and before I had them it was like quite hard to do corners.
12: it's it's a, a mono hull yep yeah. so it's a single hull where I race a catamaran, yep yeah. uh, which is similar to that. Earlier. Oh yeah yeah but yeah its a it's a, it's a, it's a mono hull. Uh, these are built in Estonia. they're called um a povat which is uh, they're quite a good boat. We had this built specially for us this Okay beginning of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, we've made a couple of little modifications to it, um, which obviously you have to stick within the rule book to do the modifications. So it took quite a while to get their modifications completed, which was luckily enough, because at, at the very last race of the season, the modifications helped us win the race and um, got probably the british championship so Mm. that's basically the boat and then the the engine is a stock toyatsu Mm -hmm. uh, 15 horsepower which the only modification to it is that you change the standard propeller to a race propeller Yep. so you've got a number of different propellers depending on water conditions yeah but that's that's that they're just stock engines that's all they are and um, you put race propellers on
0: okay Um, And then that's
12: just basically down to the the driver's skill and ability then.
0: Yeah. Um, So Poppy, I understand you got a record yesterday.
5: Yes, I did. I beat Tate's record.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And uh, what record was that and how fast did you go?
5: Um, I I go 38 point.
12: That's 38 point something or rather, which Tate had set yesterday or the the morning before and then when we had our first race, Bobby was able to beat that. Mm. Um, when we weighed the boat, though, we were 13, 13. kilograms overweight. Right. <coughs> so we've removed the weight and we were hoping to go out because we should be getting around about 42. So we hope to get up to that speed this second round. Yeah. Uh, and then, like I say, next year we'll get proper record propellers yeah. and then hopefully get up to like the old record, which was 45. Before they change the weights and everything. Yeah,
0: yeah. So how are you finding record breaking as opposed to racing? What's the difference in um, how are you?
5: Well, first off, there's it's just it will just be me on the water with record breaking, and it's like a it's re- so like the course is really long. And it's just a straight line. Mm. So with like racing, there's obviously other people, and they're like, well she will slow me down and like. Because the course is so much more different and it's so much shorter as well. Yeah. So i found... more
12: exciting,
5: yeah. isn't
0: it? <clears throat> Yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, So I think there's more going on. It must be quite lonely out there just in... <laughs> yeah. Waiting for the end of the run and then... So do you, you, do you turn around and come straight back or do you wait um, for the wash to die down a bit and then... Well,
5: look, I, I like turn around and then I wait for a bit for the wash to die down mm. and then I go back because...
0: The water will slow me down a bit. I was out um, on the jetty watching yesterday when I think when you and Tate went out at sort of the same in the same sort of window and it looked like it was really nice to start with but then the wind was getting up as you were out there. Was that how it was? Uh,
5: yeah, it was because um, I was waiting by the marshall boat and Tate was out there and mm. when Tate came back in um, it got cooled off so I right. had to come back in as well. Because okay. the wind got quite a fair bit. Was it really
12: yeah. rough when you was in the boat?
5: Yeah, when yeah. I was out, there, it was really
0: rough. Mm. So was it? Is it a bit scary when it gets like that, or do you um, take it in your stride?
5: It's it's a little bit scary, but I've raced with like really rough conditions of water, so it's mm. nothing
0: I'm not used to. How rough can these boats go out in? You know, whether it's record breaking or racing, what is it? What's the the point at which you have to say, right, no, we're staying staying on the shore.
12: Uh, that's that's kind of down to the earth, the officer of the day right. uh, and the rescue teams. Um, like I said, we have we have raced in quite rough conditions. Mm. Um, where where we race at our local club, which is the Lowestoft Northern Board Motorboat Club. Oh yeah. Um, it it can get quite rough down there. Yeah. So we have we have raced in fairly rough conditions. Um, you know, we, the boats can certainly jump quite high out of the water. Mm. Um, we, You have nearly turned over once before, haven't you? Yeah. The wind caught her and nearly, nearly got her over. Wow. But, you know, once, you know, obviously safety comes first. Yeah, yeah. And um, as, soon as, as soon as the rescue teams and the officers of the day decide, you know, that's, that's too unsafe to race, then they'll, yeah. they'll, call the, they'll call her. But, yeah, it's a hard one. And cer- certainly yesterday you could see the you know what's called the white horses yes you know, yeah. you know and as soon as you start seeing a tiny little bit of that it, it, it's too rough
0: Something
12: yeah. um, for these boats anyway
0: yeah i mean they're quite they're quite small they're obviously quite light and uh, i imagine they get thrown around quite a lot when you're you know when it is rough like that yeah
5: yeah. So
12: you've got your bits on the side to mm-hmm. hold you in a bit more
5: haven't you yeah
0: Oh, so you were rattling around in the cockpit a little bit, were you?
5: Yeah, yeah, to
12: begin with, um, we had to put foam on the inside of the cockpit to, to stop her from getting bashed around. Oh, wow. Yeah, I <clears>
0: used
5: <throat> to get on. Oh, that
0: no. Obviously, oh, so you've been a couple of years in powerboat racing now. What's your ambition? Do you want to go all the way to the top? or?
5: Yes, well, ne- this year I, um, I, I raced in the World Championship. Oh, wow. But we had a few problems and I didn't do so well. But next year we're hoping to race abroad. Hopefully that would go good.
0: Yeah, in the same class.
5: Uh, yes, in the same class.
0: And what would you like to race eventually? You've got your eye on the catamarans, or are you just sort of taking it one year at a time?
5: Uh, I'm gonna. I was thinking about like when I'm old enough, I like, might go into F4 because my dad's racing f
0: Oh yeah.
5: And it looks quite fun. But GT30 also looks quite fun. Cause there's like a quite a few GT30s. Hmm. And. It's the same boat, but just like faster, right? So it'll be quite easy to like get the hang of it,
0: okay?
12: Okay, we can just swap the engine. So, this, yeah, this this design of boat, we can just put the GT30 engine on, right? So, it's quite you know, it's yeah, we can keep this boat, she's used to the setup. We just put the more powerful engine on,
0: Mm. strikes me as a really good way to advance through the classes, actually. Because it's (coughs) like obviously with the cars, you want to step up, you need a new car, whereas here it's. Like just a new engine, new you know, engine yeah. uh, and I think it's the same with the F2s, isn't it? You's, you can. There are different classes with different engines. Well, or with the F2 you've, boats,
12: you've got with the F2s, you've got uh, what I started in was, which was the the Mercury SST engine. Yeah, um, and then you can then use the Optimax engine. Oh, so yeah. it's it's a more powerful engine. It's more widely used now. Hmm. Mm. Um, so they're the two engines in Formula Two. And then, obviously, you you can then step up to like Formula One, which uh, Ben Gels has. He's, he's yeah. now gone into Formula One.
0: Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I'm sorry. Going back to you, to you Poppy. Are there many girls racing? Um, um, was there...
5: In my class, there's two other girls racing. Okay. They're not here today, though. And mm. um, there's Oban, obviously. That She yeah. races F4. Yeah. And um, Gracie, she races GT30. She's not here either. But other mm. than that, there's, well, you've got, got Metay, no... haven't
12: you? Oh, yeah, Metay. Uh, Racers Formula 2. Yeah. And uh, who's the other lady racist Formula 2? Scott Kurtz. Yeah. Wife. Are, uh, they,
5: are they the only ones in um, England, though? Yeah, I
8: believe yeah. so, yeah.
5: Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's um, quite a few GT-15s abroad.
8: Right. But, yeah,
5: they're the only ones in England.
0: Um, does, it, does it make a difference, do you think? Or is it... Because it sounds like there's actually quite a few girls and women coming through and, and involved in the sport more so than in cars perhaps so is that do you think do you think about it or is it just you um, know are you just a, is it just the same as ever, same for everyone i
5: think
12: it's just the same for everyone to be honest because um, yeah in the world championship mm. you, yeah. you were the only girl yeah, i was the only
5: girl right
0: yeah.
5: <laughs> it didn't really bother but no
0: me one treats much. you any different no yeah. Are people like Open and inspiration. Do you sort of yeah. see what she's doing, and you want to yeah. do that? Because you know, obviously, she. I saw her do that the the E1 race, and that looks like a really different kind of racing. Like, uh, is that something you'd like to have a go at? The electric um, hydrofoils. I'm
5: not. I'm not so sure.
0: <laughs> no. I hope you do manage to get out again later in the week, push the record up again, and are you hoping for the world record this year if We're you can waiting. change the engine over?
12: If I'd like to get. We're currently at the, you know, we've got the British record at this moment in time, but it's, yeah. it's not that high of a speed. So we'll walk it plus 40s. Yeah. Then we get to change the engine, and then all we've got to do is do one um, sort of session yeah. with the new engine on. And um, because nobody else is here, then we reclaim the record. But that'll just be a foundation to improve on. To race GT15 in international you have to use a different engine yeah. so this is the one that we're going for the British record but then what we've got to do is change engine I see. over oh, I and see. then do the, what's called the world record Right. which is yeah. an absolute pain I can as imagine you can imagine but yeah. we really want to get another run in yeah. today quickly change engine over and then get one in for the world because all we've got to do is do one run because we're the only ones here actually going to go for it
0: how do you feel being a, a national record holder
5: I'm not so sure (laughs) to be honest it doesn't really it feels good to know that I've got the national record Mm. but other than that I'm not really too popular no okay
0: (laughs) will a world record be different do you think will that
5: um I think so I I hope I do next then like it's a good title for me to have, like I can say to people, oh, I'm the world of the good holder. <laughs> yeah.
0: You're the champion yeah. of the racing and you're the national champion and the world record holder. Be, yeah. uh, but then, you know, if it doesn't happen, then you've got something to come back for next year.
3: Yeah,
12: yeah, for sure. You know, at least we know, you know, we've got a bit more of an idea of what goes on down here. And, uh,
0: yeah.
12: and go from there from next year.
0: Just, I mean, have you been to Records Week before? Never, no, no, first time. And it's obviously your first time, probably, yeah, so... Well, it yeah. um, a little
12: um, traditional for us now, Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: there was very little action on day three, due to the tail end of Storm Ciaran, although a few offshore boats did manage to make timed runs. Day four initially wasn't looking too promising either, but I caught up with George Elmore and Ash Penfold in the pits to see how their battle for the GT30 record was going. Day four of Coniston Records Week 2023, and I'm back with Ash and George, who have been fighting out for the GT30 class record. Gents, how's it going?
1: It's been good. I mean, the conditions have been a lot better than they were last year, in my opinion. Bit, bit too choppy for my style of boat, but Ash's boat's thriving in this, these conditions at the moment. So, oh, okay, he's got the upper hand.
2: Yeah, start of the course is quite. Um it's quite flat, but as soon as you get through the first gate, it, it chops up straight away. So yeah, my, my boat's sitting nice, and uh, yeah we're getting the results so far. So okay, um, but that can change. All you need is one good run, and that can change like that. So mm.
0: so, what are your speeds so far this week?
1: I I established a record at 50.93 mile an hour. Then Ash, um, and
2: I went out and got 52.75. Um, and
1: then I upped it to 53
0: miles per hour. So yeah. Still only a couple of miles per hour in it then. So, um, but it has been a little bit challenging out on the lake, has it? It's not been absolutely perfect conditions. For
1: me, for me personally, my style of boat prefers flat water because right. it's wider, whereas his it is it's a lot deeper, so it, oh, okay. it cuts through the waves better.
0: And presumably, you've been trying out things as you've had the chance. Is, is there anything much left? On the sort of technical side, that, that you can change to, to try and up the speed a bit. I mean, it just, it,
1: you can't really you can't really see your bail until you're in the water at that, right. at that moment in time. But the best the best we do is change the change the trim and the engine, and change the prop and change the balance of the weight. Right. I mean, we we've got to I think it was a low fifty one mile an hour, but we're still like one point six mile an hour off. So yeah. We yeah.
0: still need to find that. Find that sweet spot. Mm. It seems to me that conditions can change really quickly. Presumably you're kind of guessing at what the conditions are going to be at any given point when you set the yeah. boat up. And yeah, um, exactly. It looks like we've got a suspension, I think, until 11 this morning when they're going to review it again. So do, do you think you might should get out today? I don't know. Is it going to be difficult? It's going to be, it's
1: going to be a <laughs> tough one, but I'm, I'm doubtful, to be honest.
2: Doubtful, but like you say, the weather can change just like that and you might get a 10, 15-minute window. But
0: mm. you never know. As it turned out, such a window appeared just after that conversation, proving that at Coniston Records Week you can never take anything for granted. George got agonisingly close to Ash's speed, within a few fractions of a mile per hour, but at the end of the day, Ash was still ahead. Meanwhile, the other battle in the GT monohulls was still raging, and early on the final day, young Tate Mantrip had a final shot at getting the GT15 record back from Poppy Stewart. Tate, I understand you're a new record holder.
6: Yeah, so I beat the record, I beat my own record for like a mile an hour, so I got 39.16, so yeah, hopefully I can hold that for quite a while.
0: So you established the record at the beginning of the week, and then I think Poppy, Poppy beat t- it?
6: Poppy beat it now, I've got it
0: back. And then you've got it back, so how does that feel, having had to fight for
6: it? Well, we, we had one propeller that we hadn't tried, so we put that one. just broke it by a mile hour, so we was like, oh, so that's one of the best props for Coniston. So if mm. we go again, we're going to and use that engine, we're going to use that prop for it again.
0: And that's the, the national GT15 record, is that, was yeah. that right? Yeah. 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 So with luck, you can hold that for a while, but yeah. that's in the book now, and that's yours. Your name will always be there.
6: And also my name will be there for the youngest pa- youngest person ever to get a
0: record. And that's just such a good achievement. Are you are you proud? Are you pleased? I'm
6: proud.
0: And what's next for you? You're racing the GT15s next year?
6: Uh, yeah, I've got quite a while. A
0: couple of years. And yeah, then I'll go on to GT the or GT30 or OSY 400. So
6: and the, have you had a go in the OSY? No, too
0: young. But those are the ones you lie down and... Yeah. And yeah.
6: You've got one animal control, one so you right go
0: and they can only turn left. Oh right. There go the There go the triumphs. Oh so it's like kinda like IndyCar but for but for boats. Right. And how difficult was it to get the extra speed to take the record?
6: It took us a couple of runs so, to get it, because we'd done my one that we were trying to beat, well, we were going to be, but it ended up trying to actually be my fastest one. So we couldn't get it, we were just going down even to 36. Yes. So then we just shot to 39.16.
0: And how much of that is just in the changes you make to the boat, and how much is in how you drive the boat? Is well, there much different that you can no, do?
6: it's like the propeller. Right. So there was that one we hadn't tried. Dad made the decision to do it. Mm-hmm. And then after we'd done that one, I went out again with a very special prop that did hold the record for 44 mile an hour. Right. And so we had to... We were going to put that on, but the wind just shot up.
0: That's happened here a few times, but, is yeah. that it's been it's looked really good, and then, then in no time sun, at all... It just goes. And the other day, it went while you were already out there. It looked...
6: Yeah. The waves were like. Yeah. Was that scary? Yeah. Well, not really. I just tried to avoid them. Or there was the one that was the biggest one. I just drove through it because I weren't scared or nothing. Because mm. I've been higher than that. Yeah. I suppose it's
0: bigger when you're racing. So.
6: Yeah. yeah. I've been high enough to only see the underneath of the boat.
0: Congratulations again and uh, look forward to seeing you next year. Yeah.
5: Thank you. Yeah. You are clear to the Marshall boat now. Clear to the Marshall boat now. Just wait for
2: their signal, please.
5: Thank you.
0: As mentioned earlier in the podcast, it was great to see a number of people returning in a supporting role, whether supporting the event or supporting the competitors. In the first category were people like John Bunyan, who fought all week long for an offshore class record in 2022, and was now back acting as a scrutineer. Adam Brown, who for the first two days was driver of the Cox Marine boat, stayed on for the rest of the week as part of the rescue boat crew. It's clear that the powerboat community is very much a community, and while the competition is fierce, the level of cooperation is genuinely heartening. One of the competitors from last year who came along to support one of this year's competitors was Ben Jelf. Despite stepping up to Formula One hydroplane racing at the end of last year, and undergoing an incredibly busy, globe-trotting season, Ben found time to give moral and technical support to George Elmore, who races for the Jelf team. Ben spoke about the spirit of cooperation at the event and in the sport. We also spoke at some length about the Formula One season and that conversation can be heard in a future episode. Here's Ben. Very pleased to be talking again to Ben Jelf who we spoke to several times last year and got yourself a record last year if I recall and a very busy season in the F2 and F1 uh, hydroplanes.
9: Uh, So Yes, it's been a very busy season for us um, especially since we last spoke. Um, this year I don't have my boat with me. Unfortunately we've not had enough time to make any changes to it in
0: order to get faster really. I've spoken to a lot of people here this year who I spoke to last year who don't have a boat this year but have come back just to see what's going on, to help out. Or There's obviously that sense of camaraderie and affection for the event even when they're not here with a the boat Then it's it's nice to see. Mm. I say
9: we all help each other here. It is part of sort of the spirit of record breaking. We're all here to help each other anyway. But I'm here mostly supporting George this Mm. year.
0: And he's had his week-long battle with Ash. Uh, Well, and it's been a season-long battle with Ash, as I understand it. And they both fought it out for the championship. And now they're here fighting out for a record. So uh, it it looks like Ash has got the edge so far. I don't know whether they'll get another run. And uh, I think George was very, very close this morning, but didn't quite get within reach of it. It's um, it's
9: never easy record-breaking. A lot of people think it is, but... It's, uh, you've got to carry that average throughout the whole time.
0: I'm sure George will be back fighting next year and back here for the records as well and I can't see him being down for long.
9: Uh, he won't be down long, for long at all. Um, so George is just sort of giving it a good go this year really. Um, so he, the actual previous record holder is his uncle, my dad. Is that right? Yes, So my dad got <laughs> with that same sort of boat. Yeah. He got um, 59 miles per hour. Okay. Um, Say so similar engine and stuff, but yeah. So rules have changed and weights mm-hmm. have changed throughout yeah. the years yeah. and so we're just trying to work with that, see what we can get out of it really. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not too sure whether we're going to be here next year, right. um, Say so we always try to aim to, but so it all depends on yeah. how the season plans out of really.
0: Course. <laughs> Records Week is a global event and frequently features competitors from all over the world. This year there was a team from County Fermanagh with a Formula 4 hydroplane, and another from Slovakia led by Marian Jung driving a Formula 500 hydroplane. The F500 is a tiny but very fast tunnel-hull catamaran with a boxer two-stroke engine of just 500cc capacity. For a boat with such a small engine to be capable of over 100 miles per hour is highly impressive, especially considering the Formula 2 boat, which is only slightly faster, has an engine of five times that capacity. The existing world record had stood since 2007, and considering the conditions experienced in the first four days of Records Week, Marion was going to have his work cut out to beat it. So, when day five dawned bright and clear, it was Marion's one shot, and he took it. (laughs) It's day five of Coniston Records Week. I'm here on the shore with Marianne Young and his translator Simon, who will be helping me out. Marion, you've just taken the world record in the F500 class. That's correct. Yes. Yeah. Congratulations. And your speed was 109 miles per hour? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And can you tell me a little bit about the boat? Was it powered by? What kind of racing do you do?
4: tell
1: the boat is basically made out of carbon fiber. Uh, this one was made in Hungary
12: uh,
1: by Russian
4: constructor
0: and it's powered by an Italian engine, mm-hmm. which is named it's a VRP. Right, right. And it's a two-stroke engine.
5: It is
4: It is completely different uh, engine construction. Mm. Uh, this is racing uh, category Formula 500, and 500 is 500 cubic. Mm-hmm. It is four-cylinder, boxer engine, and we have 200 HP horsepower. And uh, usually we drive uh, in the racing, uh, our street is maximum 600 meters. Here it's very difficult to drive uh, under this water because we need the full power of the engine in 1,200 meters and this was our problem from, from Monday to today uh, to make the right, uh, setting. Right, right, and uh, we use uh, different gearbox uh, for more speed and uh, everything. It's it's really um, difficult to yes. make this record. This record was old, but was uh, we need to say it was really high uh, for this for this water and for everything.
0: Mm. So what was the previous record? record. <laughs>
4: You have a green
5: light from
2: the Marshall boat. Green light from the
0: Marshall boat. Thank you. So what? 106.6. And yes. when was that set?
4: When was? Uh, 2007. Uh,
0: 2007. Oh, so it's been a long time. Long, long and, a time. Yes. Wow.
4: Okay. In the, in this time it was a little different uh, rules. Right. Uh, was 20 kilograms. We, we are now 20 kilograms more. Oh wow, and so little, it's yeah, heavier. This is a little problem from the acceleration.
0: The, the weather conditions have been poor earlier in the week, so I imagine you haven't been able to get out on the water and run as much as you would have wanted to?
4: Mm-hmm. So yes, sir, we have no possibility to... Do the record because the weather condition was uh, very bad. Mm. And today it's uh, perfect, and maybe we can in short time back in
0: the water. Yeah. How much more do you think might be possible? Is it a small amount, or or can you add more to it? I think
4: three, three, five mile is possible to, to faster.
0: It is much. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Best of luck. Um, <laughs> thank, thank you so much. Thank you, man. I'm here with Jim Noon, who remains the fastest British man on water, if I've got that right. Alive. Yeah. Alive, yeah. Uh, of course, yeah. It's day five. Jim, how are things going?
3: Well, we haven't had the best weather to start with, but it's been a great day today. We've seen some fast runs, especially from um, a chap from Slovakia, who's uh, up the world record from 106 to 109. And as we speak, I believe he's bolting another engine on and uh, thinking about going quicker. So he's got the bug.
0: Yes, absolutely. And um, that's his first time here, I believe. Yes, Um, yes. I I understand, I had a quick chat with him earlier, that that record had stood since 2007. That's right, yeah. Do you you often see that here at (laughs) Records Week, that there's a record that stood for so long that that someone comes along and breaks? Uh,
3: Not often. Well, that's a class that's raced an awful lot on the continent. And, of course, it's in the UK here at uh, Coniston. Mm. But we have the facility for breaking records. Uh, they don't abroad, so that's why he's here. It, it
0: is a really special event for that reason, really. And you, you get
3: every year there's there's a few international competitors. Um, oh, uh, yes, we've had them from all over the world, including a few years ago from the United States. So, um, Oh, wow. They um, still regard it as... Well, the chap who came from the United States, in no a limited hydroplane, said... Uh, Although they have record weekends in uh, the USA, you regard it as the best run event in the world. And
0: the benefit of it being a week is, obviously we've had mixed weather. Over the course of a week, you're bound to get some windows at least when just about all the boats can can get out?
3: Well, you'd hope so. You know, I have been, over the years, I've been uh, competing at records week where uh, I've come and uh, haven't had a run all week. Mm. That's usually quite rare, so... We would have struggled without this morning's weather, but that's at least allowed the fast competitors to have a crack. So you're satisfied with with the week as it is on, on the basis that, that today has been good? Yeah, well, I think everyone who's wanted to has at least had a fair chance, yeah. and have had a fair chance at the weather as well. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a good week. As it turned out, Marion
0: decided not to make another attempt, so the record stood at 109.31 miles per hour at the end of the week. It will be interesting to see if this one stands as long as the last. Chris Loney in his Formula 2 boat managed to equal Marion's speed in one direction, but not on the return run, so Marion also came away with the fastest speed of the week. At the presentation that evening, it was heartwarming to see just how everyone took Marion and his team to their hearts, and were genuinely pleased for him. In fact, the organisers and the K7 Club, which usually only awards its coveted gold stars to British drivers who set records exceeding 100 miles per hour, changed their own rules and made Marion the recipient of the first ever international gold star. But Records Week 2023 had one last surprise up its sleeve. On the final day the youngest and oldest competitors both set new records Tate Mantrip and Bill Owen are separated by 58 years yet both took a new water speed record I spoke to Bill just after he succeeded in raising the national clubman 1000 monohull hull speed to 64.86 miles per hour which was nearly 8 miles per hour over the previous record I'm here with Bill Owen who has just set a record in which class? The uh, Monohull under 1000cc national class. And uh, what speed did you set?
7: Uh, 64.8 miles an hour tantalisingly close to 65 but uh, I tried four different propellers four different setups and it it just wouldn't go that bit faster.
0: It, It does quite often seem that it's just under the magic round number yeah. and a number of people I've heard say that is yeah. I suppose it's just a sort of law of the universe It, it is, yeah, yeah. but
7: yeah. Uh, you know, it wins races and that's all but the record attempts something different and you think your boat goes so fast but it's only here on the measured kilometre that uh, you get the ab- absolute speed
0: mm, mm. And um, uh, how happy are you to have set that record?
7: Very happy, yeah One thing, I mean, I've mean, i been coming up here since uh, ju- just on the record attempts with this boat since 2002 and uh, yeah every every year i get the same speed no matter what i try so uh, but right. Yeah, um, I came with a target. I've not quite reached the
0: target, but I've got the record, so uh, I can go home happy. I think, if you'll forgive the personal question, um, how old are you, sir? I'm
7: 67. Yeah, right. just um, 67.
0: And I understand that uh, you're the oldest competitor here this year. Yes,
7: yeah, so I've been told. Yes, yeah, so uh, uh, yeah, um, it's good to and to do it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and the fact that we've got the oldest competitor and the youngest competitor, young Tate Mantrip, who I've just been speaking to, both yeah. set records. Yeah, that's quite a. Quite a nice story to be part of. Yeah,
7: it is. And it's t- Tate's first season in, in racing, so he comes from a
0: power boating family. Mm. I do myself, so yeah. It, oh, it, okay. Yeah, it, it's a good accolade. Yeah. And it seems like just to, just on the subject of, of power boating families, it, it seems like there are a number of these boating families, and it seems to me that they really hold the sport together almost yes. with their sort of generations following one after another. Is that how you see it?
7: Yeah, definitely. I mean, my son uh, is involved as well. Mm. He's he's raced. He's won championships and that he's now on the timing staff and that he's gone to do other things as people do. But you know he's been involved and he's still involved deeply in the organisational
0: side of the sport. Well, that, and that's again that's something that I've seen here this year is that people who were who were driving last year have come back for in a support role yeah. and it's. it it feels like a very mutually supportive sport in which everyone's kind of helping everyone else
7: yeah it is you know in some ways I call it the best kept secret because compared to motorsport it is quite cheap I mean this outfit I've got is the boat is 40 years old the engine's 30 years old Uh, it costs me very (laughs) little I I, I do the maintenance myself so uh, yeah it's it's very much on a shoestring but even you, you know, on the top class boats, you're talking. I know that sixty thousand pounds sounds a lot of money on the top class boats, but mm. then again, compared to motorsport, it, it's it's pockets. It's a drop
0: in the ocean, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And so, do you do you race regularly, or yeah, yeah.
7: no, I do. Th- this is my national boat, and I won right. the uh, British Championship with this boat this year. Oh wow! Yeah, Congratulations. C850 yeah, uh, class, and then I've got another boat which is. The same engine, but slightly longer and narrower for rough water, which I do do club racing with. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm quite busy during the uh, during the summer racing and the winter rebuilding things.
0: I should imagine. Yeah, and and in terms of Coniston Records Week, you're a regular competitor. That is, is, do you see this as just a good way to round off the season? Yeah, Yeah.
7: it is. It's good. I love it. I've been coming here. My first Coniston was 1971 when I was on rescue, and uh, oh well, the first Windermere as it was then, but yeah, yeah. we're now at Coniston, what I call the spiritual home of record-breaking. Absolutely. And you know, we have a good
0: time on the water and a good social in the evening. Well, um, long may it continue. Thank you. Yeah. Despite what initially looked like a very challenging weather forecast, Records Week succeeded in running every day. And despite what initially seemed like a low turnout, more competitors arrived throughout the week until a very healthy roster of competitors had taken part. Impressively, 78% of competitors succeeded in taking a record. With a new generation bursting onto the scene, long-standing records being shattered, and new steps in sustainability being taken, the future of Records Week looks bright. It just remains for me to thank Glyn Cunliffe, Press Officer for Coniston Records Week, who enabled me to get such great access to all the competitors. Alison Worley, chairman of Records Week and absolutely central to the events organisation every year, and everyone who gave their time to talk to me. It's an amazing event, as far as I'm concerned, one of the top motorsport events in the country, and it was a privilege to attend. I can't wait for next year. Until next time, this is Matthew Willis for Boundary of Disaster.